Hello and welcome to the Rally Onward podcast. This is episode number 15. I'm Marie Smith. And I'm Katherine Kelly. We're certified professional dog trainers, rally instructors, and rally competitors. On the Rally Onward podcast, we're going to share tips and tricks to help you succeed in rally class, get ready for AKC rally trials, become a better dog trainer, and enjoy new ways to deepen the bond with your dog. That's right. My rally dog's name is Noelle. She's a seven-year-old red miniature poodle. We're currently working on our Rally Master 6 title. And I have two rally dogs, Lily and Chaplin. They're both black standard poodles. Lily's 14 and retired with a Rally Champion title, Rally Master 8 and RAE 11. Javelin is 8 and has gotten back to training and trialing and rally since the end of COVID. And we just finished our Rally Intermediate title a couple of months ago. Uh, he actually had earned the Rally Novice title before he was a year old in the pre-COVID era. So things happen, but we're back on track. Speaking of Javelin, how's training going, Catherine? Um, well, you know, it's summertime and, you know, various kinds of things come along, uh, including I had to have somebody come do a service call at my house last Thursday so I didn't take a private, uh, but I did take Javelin to my club on Friday. And there's some things I will do there and some things I don't because I don't love the floor there. It's kind of slippery. Mm-hmm. And right now, honestly, I haven't shaved the bottom of his feet in a couple of weeks. So, so his feet are slippery. So oh, I don't want to do anything okay that involves jumps or um, go-outs and things like that where he's going to be, you know, galloping full speed. Uh, so I did just a few select things that I think are important to uh, do with him as many times as I can. One being having somebody do a beginner novice sit for exam. Okay. Also having somebody do a novice stand for exam. And then um, also novice obedience um, group sits and downs. Um, so we did all of that, and, and he did a really nice job. Um, he ignored the approaching judge, and I wow. had two different people do both of those exercises. So I was very happy about that. Um, and he was really good for the group sits and downs. And we had not a lot of dogs, but we had four dogs. So we did two rows, basically back to back, a little square. Uh-huh. So there was a dog to the left or right of each dog. And each dog had a dog behind it. Oh, wow. And I think those are, you know, it's important to practice all of those different options. And um, he did a nice job with those, too, uh, including that the dog to his right is a very pretty young um, uh, party-colored standard poodle girl who I know he thinks is kind of hot stuff. Oh, even um, she's pretty. So he did manage to leave her alone, so that was good. Um, so that's about all I've done this week. Um, how's your training going, Marie? Well, Noelle and I decided to practice on rally today, so I had a nice rally course out for her. We did a rally master course, and that was a lot of fun. I had people in the ring with us, observing they're not advanced trainers they're not people who are showing and rally but it is nice to have some newbies come and watch how i train my dog because they can learn a lot from just observing me training my dog Mm -hmm. so uh, they were in the ring sitting on chairs at the uh right by the finish side so i had set noelle up to do go to the cone and sit which she usually is pretty good at and really likes 
But the way I had designed the course, the go to the cone sign pointed directly at where the people were sitting. So Noelle had to put her back to the people who were sitting there and sit, which she didn't really want to do, I think. So she just laid down and watched them. So I think she was just really distracted. So she decided mm-hmm. that it was go to the cone and down. It's very unusual because I think of a dog that's nervous about people or other dogs in unexpected places. What you lose is the down. I know. They'll sit, maybe, but to forego a sit and do a down instead, that's very unusual. Not for a service dog who spends as much of their life being trained down as Noelle has. I guess, yes, that's a good point. Because Noelle has a lot of experience when you're confused, lie down. Because that's kind of how I trained Mm -hmm. her. So Mm -hmm. that's part of why she probably was like, I'm confused, so I'm going to lie down. I'm going to just go to my default mode. Um, But we had to kind of rework that one. Like, okay, you could go to the cone and sit. Remember? Remember sit? And I did finally have to shorten the distance quite a bit in order to get her to yeah, sit. Well, uh, making the distance shorter is always a good way to deal with behaviors that um, aren't working the way you quite want them to. And then, let's see, what else did we do that was fun? Uh, she played some ball, which she loved, and that's always fun. And that was good for her to just be in a room with other people that she had to ignore and Mm -hmm. practice ignoring people. Oh, and we did another figure eight with distractions, the offset figure eight. So I think Mm -hmm. we're going to do the offset figure eight every single week at work. Okay. Because she just needs to practice that one as much as possible. With and many do it with different distractors. distractors. I did do tennis it food, balls. Do it with toys, one toy, one food bowl. Yep, I did it with tennis balls today, and I actually used the one she had been playing with. Oh, you're very mean. I was mean. But she did it, and she did it really, really well. It's like, okay. oh, it's the leave it one. That's awesome. Okay. And so she did that really well, and I enjoyed training her because she's just a cute little thing, and she's a lot of fun. She is cute. Okay, so now that we've told you about our own training and proved we're not perfect, we are ready to get started with this week's show. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about an extension of um, our our conversation about the AKC Code of Sportsmanship that we had last week. You know, there's a lot that's clearly articulated there uh, but there are also some sort of holes in terms of what the code does and doesn't say and what you may or may not experience at a trial and you know particularly when you're um, a green handler it can be kind of intimidating to um deal with some of the other kinds of things that are going on during walkthroughs, during check-ins, you know, when you're on deck. And so we're going to try and talk about that in a a generic enough way um, that people who really are kind of new can get a sense of, you know, what the decorum really should be like. And what the reality might be like. And, and you know, one thing I would emphasize now and, and I hope that I remember to say it again is no matter what happens, remember your job is to keep your focus with your dog so that you can go into your trial run connected to each other. And so, you know, sometimes people do weird things including us, and we have to kind of figure out how to disconnect from the weirdness and keep connected to the dog. Uh, And then for our rally signs of the week, uh, we're getting very close to wrapping up our novice level um, tips and tricks. I think we have um, two signs that... um, 
kind of go together. Well, they don't really go together. They just, they don't go with anything else. So we're going to do those two things. And then I think we have two signs for next week that do go together. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the Finnish sign. And, and so by that point in time, we'll have covered all of the signs that you could see in novice courses. And of course, you can see them in other levels too. But we wanted to cover all of those signs that are numbered uh, lower than 100. In fact, their number, the highest number is 42. And then after we cover Finnish, uh, we're going to talk about signs that you could see in intermediate and advanced. Um, so the two signs for this week are the moving sidestep right, and that's sign number 20. And then sign number 27, which is stop and down. But first, we're going to let the dogs out. We'll be right back. Now that the dogs are back inside, let's get started. So, uh, last week, we um, did a little reading from the AKC Code of Sportsmanship and also an article um, that's on the AKC website about um, sportsmanship and online settings. And uh, those things are, of course, really important, um, you know, because they put some general kind of rules of the road into what we think is going to happen at a show. Okay. However, real-world dog shows involve real-world dogs and real-world <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, importantly. And you <laughs> hit it exactly, Marie. Real-world people. <laughs> and neither real-world dogs nor real-world people are necessarily perfect 100% of the time. So what is there to think about? What can we talk about to uh, kind of sprinkle some wisdom into what sometimes can be really awkward, strange uh, situations while you're at a trial? And, and how you can handle them in a way that you don't end up lousing up what happens with your dog. You know, right. after all, you went there to show your dog. Right. There's, there's also unwritten etiquette rules that go alongside the code of sportsmanship that unless you've been trialing a long time, you probably don't really know all of the unwritten rules and so there can be clashes between people who are following a certain set of decorum that's just sort of unwritten and that you pick up as you go and then there are people who are new and you know they do things that just they can step in it without <laughs> realizing that they well, stepped in it yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah. Like, you really don't want to go in the ring if you stepped in dog poop in the shoes that <laughs> that you were expecting to wear in that ring because you're going to foul the ring for everybody who follows you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I think I've only seen that maybe happen once or twice, but the idea of fouling the ring, there are rules about you know, you get excused, and and by the way, you're not excused until you clean up the mess that your dog made if your dog fouls the ring. But isn't the real unwritten concept here that better that you should 
make sure you leave time to take your dog outside and have it go potty before it has a chance to soil the ring. Mm-hmm. Isn't it better that if you realize your dog is clearly having some sort of gastrointestinal problems and you think they might vomit that you know maybe well you know i did pay and i really want to run and this could be a title but it's not going to be a title if the dog pukes in the middle of the ring <laughs> and and there will be another day oh there's and always another day everybody who is there is going to appreciate it if your dog doesn't foul the ring okay. so be gracious and just stay out if you if you really are seriously thinking your dog is gonna soil the ring don't take it in the ring so you make sure you potty your dog and you make sure that they've really gone okay. um, before you get to the on deck because once you're at the on deck and the judge says, uh, dog and handler number 83, please come in and line up at the start sign. That's it. It's you can't say, now. oh, whoops, I think she's going to go poopies. I have to stop in the middle. Not going to happen. So, um, you know, if we all make sure that we potty the dog before we get to the ring gate, then presumably that should never happen. Right. So that's one mannerly thing. Um, so another manners kind of thing uh, that's related to being at the ring gate is people who don't show up in time. Uh, now at small trials, this is not too likely unless people miss time when they take the dog out for potty. But at big shows, and particularly in situations where maybe somebody has more than one dog entered or has one dog that's entered in multiple classes, like they're in Rally Master, but they're also in Open Obedience in a Uh different ring. Sometimes people have conflicts, and sometimes they don't show up on time. So, you know, I've done a lot of stewarding. I am friendly with quite a number of judges, and I also have had my own conflicts. More than one dog at a trial, or one dog entered in more than one event at a trial, And so the way to go there, folks, is um, tell the stewards at all of the rings that you may need to be at where you think your times may be tight and overlapping and speak to them about what your conflict is. And they will either say, okay, the judge wants me to move everybody with a conflict to to the end of the class or to the end of their jump height. Uh, so, you know, based on that, this is where you're going to be for this ring. And you do that at every ring you go to and, and you tell them what the other rings have told you. And you just make sure that you show up as best you can on time um, because you don't want to then leave the stewards and the judge calling out, Number 83, where's number 83 for Rally Master? (laughs) Where are you? Get over here. We're waiting for you. Right. That's not good. That puts stress on number 83 and 83's dog. It um, probably kind of ticks the judge off a bit because now their class is being delayed. The people who were on deck, now they're being delayed. Or the people who thought they had two dogs to go 
and now find out, oh, we're going to skip that dog and go past them. Oh, quick, you're, get in the ring now. You're on deck now. They don't, n- none of those situations is good. <laughs> and so you have to let everybody who's involved with the ring, meaning judge and stewards, know as early as you can, and the stewards will mark the board so that you know, okay, I thought since I'm 85 that when 83 was in the ring, I should be getting ready to be on deck, but now 83 isn't going to be in the ring two dogs before me. I have to be ready to be getting to on deck when 82 is in the ring. Right. Personally, I really appreciate that. And I want to know what kind of dog 82 is and try and look for that person and that dog so I can use them as a visual marker for the progress towards being lined up at the gate and ready to go. Right. And I got to tell you, if you come and talk to me while I'm lined up with a dog, you know, oh, there's three dogs in front of me, two dogs in front of me. Now I'm the on-deck dog. If you try and talk to me during that time, and you're not the steward for the ring I'm going to, I'm not answering you. No, I get that. And that's that's another thing about uh, unwritten sportsmanship is don't you know, we we like to talk at, at trials and people are chatty and friendly, but if somebody's getting ready to go into the ring, they're in their own little dog and human bubble and they don't need to hear from you. No, I just put on a total neutral face and I avoid eye contact. Yeah, I think avoiding eye contact is definitely the way to go with that one. But yes, when someone's ready to get into the ring with their dog, I I will, if I'm being approached by someone who's pretty new, I will say um, something like, yeah, I'm I'm the next dog, so I really need to focus on my dog right now. Yes. And then that, mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say to them. Right. But. Um, and hopefully they have a friend nearby who recognizes what's going on and they'll pull them away. before they dig in any deeper. Um, Yeah. I have to say one of the things that over um, time has been really, oh, what adjective do I want to put on it? Frustrating, challenging, annoying to me is people who expect me to explain how to do sign while we're on a walkthrough. That's a really good thing to talk about. Let's talk about that on the other side of a break. Okay. That sounds like a plan. Okay. We're back from letting the dogs have their potty breaks. And there's sort of one bundle of things that all kind of go together to talk about that are very rally specific Uh, and that is what happens during walkthroughs so walkthroughs are time everybody gets the same amount of time and they deserve to use it however they want to use it now That doesn't mean that a person can stand in front of a sign blocking people from properly walking the course as they want to practice their footwork. Uh. Those people should move along or step to the side and get out of the way. Um, But it also doesn't mean that the person behind you can say, oh, could you do that again? I really don't understand how to do this sign, and I want to kind of understand what you think you're doing here. 
Mm. I've had that happen. Have you had that happen? Yeah, I've been at trials where there's a, another person walk, doing the walkthrough who seems puzzled by almost all of the signs on the course and will stop other competitors and ask, so how do you do this sign? As if they've never done it before with their dog or never looked at the rule book or have never been to a class and they're in excellent and they don't know how to do, say, sign 210, sent to jump, or they're not really clear on stand, leave, down, call, front, finish, set, and they just stand there asking other people for help I'm I'm not there to give you help. I'm there to rehearse how to do this course my, with my dog. My run of this course. Exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes when people are really asking a lot about um, signs in that level, let's say, like sign 210, which shows up for the first time in Excellent, well, really, for the only time in excellent. excellent. Um, if you just moved up from advanced yeah. in the morning and and now you're in excellent and you never practiced that sign, why didn't you move up? Just because the rules say you can? That doesn't mean you have to. And so if if you know you haven't practiced signs that are new and exclusive to the higher level that you're going to, don't move up. Uh, so for myself, Javelin just finished Rally Intermediate. So he knows pretty much anything that can show up in advance. Yes. But he's not going to advanced in his next couple of trials for a couple of reasons. One, I want to take him some new different places and I'd rather have him in a class where I know I can keep him connected with me and I don't have to worry about him not knowing how to do any of those signs. But also, really importantly, uh, he's his jumping history is doing 24 inch jumps for open and utility obedience he is a 24 inch jumper in obedience and so he's a big dog and he's a big jumper um the broad jump for open i so your minimum distance away from the jump to leave the dog is eight feet. I leave him 11 feet away from the first board of the broad jump because I know that the way he strides, he's going to get to the right stride to take off if he starts that far back. And then... I never worry about him clearing the four boards and the 48 inches because, honestly, he jumps so big that his hind legs will hit the floor usually about four feet past the last board. So, so if you were a huge jumper. So if you were doing rally and they had the broad jump, and they never give you 11 feet away from the broad jump to be able no, to warm they the don't. dog up. And you wouldn't and they have don't enough. give you that much landing room They would not either. give you a landing room to do either. And that broad jump can show up as soon as advanced. It does yep. not have to wait until you're an excellent or master. It shows up in advance. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, I think it's more likely to be in advance than, I mean, obviously... It'd be really rare for it to show up on Master, although we did have that happen at Rally Nationals. Yeah, um, I get it all the time, actually. I think that's a local thing that yeah, they're I now doing broad regional. jumps here. But, you know, my real point is I have to do a lot of specific rally-oriented jump training with him. Yes. To teach him that he doesn't have to jump like he's and the cow jumped over the moon 
<laughs> oh, you but know, see, that's I know, why... I know he gets a lot of, um, you know, high energy feedback from those big jumps. Uh, he loves doing utility directed jumping. He takes off, you know, he takes off at the right place. Um, he never tags a jump. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but he lands, you know, probably almost halfway back to me. And that's fine in utility, but it won't work in but rally. It won't work on a rally course. So yeah, I mean, what you were saying with we're going to do intermediate for a while to make sure that my dog is really ready for advanced makes a lot of sense. And I think if you just went from advanced to excellent and you've never practiced all of the excellent signs, and I see that at trials, you're kind of setting yourself up for some stress that you really don't need to have, right? And and also that sets you up for the situation to go back to the idea of the walkthrough where you're going to be on that course walking with all the other people who are entered in that class and you're going to bollocks things up for not necessarily just yourself but a bunch of other people who are trying to make sense out of that course, walk it the way they want it to run. Uh, you know, I always do one of my walkthroughs the way I want it to go with my invisible dog. And I talk to the invisible dog and mm-hmm. I give signals to the invisible dog the way I will talk to and signal that dog when we're really on the course. And so it's can't, not that I'm mean-spirited about but it. But you can't do that if someone is asking you. Are there three sits on this sign? How many times does the dog sit on this sign? Is it three times or two? I mean, that one shows up in in advanced because you're holding your feet still now and there's three sits, but the sign just indicates two because call front is automatically a sit. Is automatically a sit. And how do you not know that? Unless it says forward... It's a sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, front is always a sit. There is no call front and don't sit. Right. And so, so yeah, and if you're in the walkthrough, yeah, when you first start out rally, the purpose of the walkthrough is a little mystifying, isn't it? It it's can like, be. Yeah. I have for, a map. What do I need to walk this? Yeah, or what am I supposed well, to? Well, you need to know really what the distance is. And if this is going to involve a jump, where am I going to tell the dog to to take off for the jump? Um, So there's, you know, the paper map and the actual course in the physical space of the ring uh, can seem kind of different and and often vaguely unrelated to each other. Uh, So, you know, one of the things before I lose my um, thought about this is if you really feel nervous about walkthroughs, if you can, go with a friend to the trial who's mm-hmm. in the sa- who's in the same class, so you can kind of handhold each other for the walkthrough. Because you know, if you're in advanced only, and there are people in that advanced class who are doing triples, advanced, excellent master, they have very different and specific feelings and expectations about that walkthrough. Pardon me. And they're not going to want to handhold you. No. Even if they know you, even if they like you, they are not going to want to hold your hand. No, because when you're doing a triple, you care about the points that yeah, and that and your you're dog in a gets. different you're in a different kind of a zone. Yes. Uh, the other thing you need to understand is that honestly, I've watched people do walkthroughs, whereas like they don't understand that sign. Why would you uh, walk this sign the way this person just walked it? 
I don't think they know how to do it right. And then if I watch that person, no, often they don't do that sign right and they get a minus 10. So uh, there's no point in asking people who don't know how confident they are. This is true. This is very uh, true. This is partly why I tend not to watch too many runs in the class that I'm in because I don't want to get involved in second guessing myself. Hmm, why did they do that that way? Am I, was I doing it wrong? Do it this way. Am I Am doing I that right? Wrong? And they're wrong, where the, you know, they're right and I'm wrong. Uh huh. Or, you know, like for figure eight with distractions, where you're thinking about which way you want to enter and how you're going to get out of that figure eight. Mm -hmm. um, different people might have different ideas about which side is the better side to go in on yes. to get out to get to the next sign. So, no, don't watch those people. Same thing for anybody who's listening who also does agility. Don't watch the other people doing their walkthroughs on agility courses because different dogs ha handle differently. Different dogs have different orders. Some dogs, the person needs to go all the way around the course with them. Mm -hmm. uh, some really amazing agility handlers can kind of like pivot in the middle of the course and do a, a 360 or, or, you know, a 360 plus some to get around the course and they just point to obstacles for their dog and the dog does them all really independently. Um, you know, on weed poles, Lily hated being babysat at weed poles. So I would walk behind people going to weed poles and they'd be right on top of the weed poles going weed, 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 with their hands and voices. And I knew that if I did that, she would pop out because she would be like, get away from me, lady. I'm busy doing weave balls. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it makes sense to figure that you're going to do um, monkey see, monkey do. Right. Because right. that first monkey might not be right. That's um, very true. Now, if you really, really are flummoxed about what a particular sign is supposed to be, you should listen to our podcast and listen to the sign of the week. Yes. And, <laughs> and you need to get a, a rally app on your phone. Yes. And you need to know that although judges should not also, also should not be explaining to you how to do signs, they all have a printed rule book on the table and you're welcome to look at that rule book. And the important thing about the Rally app and that rule book is that's the AKC's specific real directions about what that sign is supposed to be. Which app do you like? I like Canine Rally. That's the one I have also. It looks like a, what does it look like? I'm going to look at my phone for a second. It's a white face. Black nose, black ear with a little tongue sticking out and a blue collar. Yes. And mine's if you're on, a, on an Android phone. On the it's the same app. It's the same picture. But I think it's the same app. Yeah, it says Canine Rally, all one yep. word. And yep. if you click it, that's a fantastic reference for you because the Canine Rally app, it's available on Apple and Android. It gives you not only a picture of every single sign and how to do say left about but if turn. You click on the on the actual picture, picture of what the sign will look at, it basically flips itself over and gives you the description. And the description is the entire description out of the rule That's book. That's in anything, the AKC rule book. And anything underlined is the important part anything of that. Anything bold or underlined is core key part of that exercise. The other thing that it'll tell you for all signs is 
whether that exercise is stationary exercise. And so for stationary exercises, the critical thing always is to remember to pause after you complete the directions of what you do for that sign before you go to the next. And so in, in my world of rally, it means, you know, like, um, moving down, walk around the dog. That's a stationary. You go back to heel and you need to pause, obviously pause. Don't give the judge an opportunity to wonder whether you really paused or not. What I do is I out loud, loud enough for the judge to hear, say one and two. Let's go. Yeah. No doubt about it. And so you'll see while you're doing your walkthrough, if you're using either a rule book or some people used to go with those card sets. Yes. Or you now you go with an app. Um, you look for that bold underlined stuff and also the little thing at the end of the subscription that says stationary exercise and then you don't need to ask people right and you'll get better at how you use your walk through time if another thing another thing about that app is instead of asking a person who's at a trial if you click on that app uh the canine rally app it says hints you click on hints and you get to watch a video on YouTube of every single sign mm-hmm. being performed yeah. correctly. And mm-hmm. that I've used at trials for sides I haven't seen in a long time. I'm like, oh, how's that one go again? I'm certainly not going to ask somebody else and use up their walkthrough time. I right. will go and sit down on my chair and look that up on my app. Mm-hmm. I think- And again, once you're done your walkthrough, your, your thinking should shift to being ready to take your trial run. Yes. So you don't want to get involved in talking to other people. And you also don't really recommend getting involved in watching the runs of the people who are going before you. Some of them will be right. Some of them won't be right. Mm-hmm. You may put your own thinking in doubt or, you know, I think this is a fatal error oh, I didn't walk that that way, but look, they just did it this way I didn't think of, and I didn't see the judge put her pencil on her score sheet. So maybe that's the better way to do it. No, don't change your plan based on watching other people. Agreed, because you really can psych yourself out at a trial by doing that, definitely. Yes, I think so. So, um, I think I think between our two segments tonight, we hopefully have covered uh, some of those unwritten things that um, people can encounter at trials. Particularly if you're very new, if you're a green handler in Rally Novice A, trying to get your first title with your first dog. In a sport that maybe you never even heard of until three months ago. Um, You know, some of the culture of these things can be a little mysterious. And it's, it's better not to get lost in the mysteries. And so hopefully we just straighten some of that out for some of you guys. Uh-oh. How do you do the sign? It's time for the Rally Sign to the Week. Every week, we give you insider tips and tricks to help you perform an AKC Rally Sign or signs correctly. This week, we're going to give you hints on two novice-level signs, the moving sidestep right, which is sign number 20, and stop and down, which is sign number 27. 
these two signs are some of the last signs in novice for us to cover, and they don't particularly share common elements, unlike some of the other signs in novice, where there are pairs of signs that are related to each other. This is very true, uh, which I guess is why they have been hanging out here until very close to the end, because they didn't go with anything else. Uh, no. So, that being said, for sign number 20, the moving side step right, you're going to find that that sign will be placed directly in your path as you move forward from the previous sign. So, one of the key characteristics of the moving side step right is that it is considered to be a change of direction sign. As you approach the place where you will change your path, you will lead with your right foot and take one step to your right, and then you bring your left foot over. And as you're doing that, the dog has to move with you to stay in heel position. Uh, one of the things you have to make sure of is that when you take that side step to the right and you move yourself to the right, you're going to leave room for the dog to get far enough to the right that it's not going to crash into the sign or knock it over. You really have to get out of the way of the sign. Uh, so that varies a little depending on how big or not big your dog is. It also depends on how... Um, precise of a healer they are. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who uh, would tell you that uh, rally healing doesn't have to be as precise as obedience healing. And it doesn't in terms of how it gets scored. But here's a place where having really good obedience quality kind of healing can help you because it'll be very clear to the dog, oh, heel isn't over here anymore. I better get close to her again. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that matters. Um, the other thing I think that's uh, important to be aware of related to this sign uh, that won't happen until it maybe appears on an advanced, excellent, or master course uh, that you're running is that uh, often this is placed in a way that helps you avoid a jump that isn't actually where the dog should go to. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if if you like to think about the idea that some judges will set traps, uh, having you on a pathway that seems to lead towards jump and then move you out of the way of it just before you get there, that could be thought of as a trap. And so if you have a dog that's like crazy for jumping... Uh, maybe they do agility, and maybe they're really used to doing jumps with some independence. Uh, you you need to make sure that you have very clear um, uh, training for your dog about this sign so that they don't get sucked into going off course and over that jump on their own. So what do you think about this sign, Marie? I think with the moving sidestep right, I know that you pointed out that you need to make sure that there's enough room for your dog. And in some of my classes, I have very large dogs. And I'm thinking of one student in particular who has a very large dog and is kind of a petite person. And for her to make a sidestep to the right that's big enough to make sure there's enough room for her dog to clear that side is impossible. Because she physically couldn't walk straight up to that side and then do a sidestep to the right without her dog being in the center of the side because her dog is enormous. So she's going to have to modify how she does it simply because there is no other way. So she's going to be doing that sign a little ahead of where that sign is. Right. Well, and I think the other part of it that maybe would help her 
is to remember what the words on the sign are going to say to you on the course, which is about what you really do. It's a moving sidestep to the right. So you don't walk up to the sign, halt, and then take some big, crazy, side balancing sidestep to the right. It's going to be a moving sidestep to the right. Really? It's a game we're playing with our dog. Where is heel? Is yes. it in front? Is it where we were? Oh, nope. Heel just moved. Can you find it again? Oh, you can. Boy, aren't you a clever dog. That is the point of this sign, really, is to show that our dogs know how to find heel. And really, because Rally came out of doodling, this is a doodle. This is a classic this is a doodle. doodle. Yes, it One is. of the things that we do warming up dogs for obedience is definitely, where did heel go? Can you find it? Oh, it's over here now. Yeah. And I I, I would guess that if I had um, a team like that team you're talking about, a petite handler with a very large dog, um, you know, I starting to make that move to the right far enough in advance of reaching the sign matters. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to fault you if you then drift a little tiny bit for the next step or two. Just don't make it like another big, obvious sidestep right. What you don't want to do is make it look like you're making an actual diagonal and you've added an invisible sign. Correct. So that's really important to not do when you're doing a moving sidestep right. However, if you do have to drift a little bit in order to make sure there's room for your dog, of course you can do that. It's better than knocking the sign Sign over. over. Exactly. And the other thing that I keep telling my students is you pass the signs on your right. Signs stay on your right. Oh, except the sign design, here. except here. So I before E, except after C. These side mm-hmm. step signs are the exception where you will bypass the sign in a weird sort of way. But for the most part, yes, the signs are still on your right. So please keep that in mind. Except for this one where you do bypass it on your left. The last sign for us to cover this week that is a novice level sign is sign number 27, stop and down. Uh, This is a fairly simple sign, but it does have a tricky bit to it. And honestly, I don't know why. I I really hate this sign. I have (laughs) messed it up many times, including as recently as um, three trials ago, I think it was, with Javelin, where I totally didn't see it. And I skipped it, and I and kudos. Um, He was doing everything I told him to. I just didn't tell him to do that. Anyway, so back to this side. Simple. Stop and down. But if your dog has been taught that healing means you walk to the handler's left, um... You have to stay in a certain position, and when your handler stops, you're supposed to sit. The dog can't sit at this side, so you're going to stop, and the dog has to immediately do it drop. Um, and and I distinguish um, down from drop. Down means, you know, like stand sit down but drop is stand drop then maybe a sit so when the dog stops they're going to be standing as you stop and then they immediately have to lie down and so you need to um, have a very clear way of signaling and or verbally ordering the dog to go straight from standing as you stop to lying on the floor. So um, that's one part of it. Um, I 
I basically will tell the dog drop as I get to where I'm stopping. Where if it's, you know, a moving uh, down walk around, I tell the dog to drop. So um, for my dogs, drop means there is no sitting. You have to put yourself completely on the floor. Uh-huh. Down means it, it most often down means okay you're sitting but i'd really prefer it if you were lying down okay i haven't so, i haven't separated those two things for my dog that's interesting so like in um novice obedience groups you have a 1 minute sit stay you return to the dog at heel they're sitting and then you're going to have a 1 minute down okay um some people will break their dog off the sit and have them lie down from a stand, but most people in novice, particularly greener people in novice, they figure, well, if I don't have to make the dog move, I'm not going to make them move here. So the dog is still sitting from the group sit exercise. You're back at heel, and you will tell the dog to lie down. To me, that's a down. Okay, I hear you. I like that idea of actually having two cues. Yeah. Because there's and no reason There's no reason you can't have two cues. No. And so it's and smart to teach your dog that we're going to lie down in a different way is drop. I really right. like that. That is clever. And um, I also have separate signals for um, sit down versus stand drop i have hands will do that's separate hand signals for those two which i'm not going to bother trying to explain here because i really only use them uh for obedience and for community kinds of experiences for my dogs if i want to get a dog to lie down at distance i generally want it to drop okay if it's running around on the lawn being a jerk I want it to drop. <laughs> I don't want it to sit because if it's sitting, it might say, oh, "Okay, I back up, up, we go." I'm taking off, and it's a lot easier to take off from a sit than from a drop. Okay. Um, okay. The other thing about this is that this is a stationary. Exercise. You don't have to pause after this sign. I was reading the rules. There is no there's no pause. It's only pause if you walk around the dog. Because I'm looking at the rules. While healing, the handler stops forward motion and the dog downs in heel position. The dog must stay down until the handler moves forward. Right. There is no pause. But I, I, so I'm going to quibble with you about the Because the ones that, that have rule. a pause, they actually stay. They say pause. While he, like for stand, walk around, sit, stand, walk around. While healing, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and pauses is underlined. There is no pause. If it's unless it's underlined with and pauses, you don't have to pause. But how do you show that you're really doing a stationary exercise if you don't have some sort of pause? Well, the the only way. Well, as soon as those dogs' elbows hit the floor, you can keep going. So that though it's the dog hits the elbows hit the floor on the stop and down, when they when their elbows hit the floor and they're down they're down you're done you can keep going you don't have to count one and two. I don't know I've always done it with a little bit of a count I'd rather err on the side of caution. <laughs> well the the thing is you want because... to make sure that that dog on stop it down you want to make darn sure that your dog is fully down not doing some right. sort of weird butt me air thing and or that anything is else the pause even yeah. though it doesn't say you must pause that is the pause yeah make darn sure the dog is actually down before and, you move and forward that they're not popping up because they think you're about to start moving you know, it does say the dog has to remain on that down until, until you start the handler moving. moves forward exactly so, and so there's not even though so it's another one of those 
unwritten rally things that we're just going to give a hint on is make sure they're down. Now that we're having this discussion (laughs) where we're disagreeing about this, I remember why I hate this sign. Because this is so fuzzy. The, The way the directions for this sign are written are fuzzy. And that's why I don't like this sign. Interesting. I think you're right. Because I'm going to go look at what the app says or the, the rules say on this sign. Stop and down. So here's the description and what the AKC says. While healing, the handler stops forward motion and that dog downs in heel position. The dog must stay down until the handler moves forward. So... um. It also says stationary exercise. Correct. So to me, stationary exercise always means there's some sort of a a pause, a, a cessation of doing anything. And because the purpose of a stationary exercise is show that the dog is really under the handler's control. True. Um, if, if, if you get the dog to down and the elbows hit the floor and then you move your hand as you're getting ready to move but you haven't moved your feet yet and the dog pops up, what is that? To me, that's an IP. Yeah, or it could be an IP. You are correct. Because the and dog should stay down until you move your feet. Yes. So so I would much rather see this sign say clearly and the handler pause. There has to be a pause. But it doesn't. Because it's a stationary exercise. But it but doesn't. The, so it's fuzzy. I agree with you. That's a fuzzy sign. That's why I hate the sign. It is a it is a preparation for the moving down that shows up I that an excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an excellent. It's a it's a preparation for the moving down and that shows up in excellent to practice going from healing to a down um, without pausing for you, you know, when you're walking around the dog. Right. So this is a prep. This is one of those preparation exercises for sure. But, you know, it's it's interesting because you can start warning your dog. We're going to lie down. We're going to lie down way ahead of where you actually give them oh, yes, and pre-cues absolutely i think we could actually talk about the value of pre-cues on our next show that could be yes i think that could be a very good topic by itself because we haven't really dealt with it as a standalone concept we've talked a little bit about it in the context of certain signs yes but, but not as not a general we're going to talk tool. about the value of pre-cues next week. We are sharing our experience and knowledge on signs here, but we encourage you to send questions about the signs of the week to us by email at rallyonwardpod at gmail.com. Now it's time for the brags and wags part of our podcast, where we want to hear from you. Did your dog get a new title? Tell us about it, and we'll post it on our website and give you a shout out on our next show. Brags are important. Everyone's new titles motivate us to keep trying. Did your dog do well at a trial or NQ spectacularly? Got a story to wag your tail about? Let us know. We want to hear from you. Send us your dog pictures and questions. You can find us on our website at rallyonwardpod.com or email us with the subject line brags and wags at rallyonwardpod at gmail.com. Marie, what does that triumphant music mean? Was there some special news in our email this week? We're going to give a shout out to Frank the Border Collie, 
who got high combined and high triple on two days back to back at two trials. You know, in Lily's whole rack life, we we got high combines a number of times, but we never got a high triple. We have just one high triple. So I'm impressed that she got two with the same dog at two trials back to back on Saturday and Sunday. That is really impressive. Congratulations, Kim. I can't wait to see you at another trial with your lovely dog, Frank. Hey, Catherine, do you have a brag? Well, I honestly don't have a brag because Jacqueline and I are on a summer hiatus from trials, probably until fairly well into the fall, um, late September, maybe not even until October. Uh, I have to look at what trials are out there, at the different places I want to take them, and look at who the judges are and things like that, and figure out how long I'm going to stay in intermediate. So I want to um, work on the jumping issues uh, so I have a sense of when I want to go on to advance. So I have nothing to brag about. Uh, Marie, do you have any brags to share? Not this week. We are taking a hiatus from trialing as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Drop us an email at rallyonwardpod at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. The information presented on the Rally Onward podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the Rally Onward podcast are our own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the American Kennel Club. We are not affiliated with or sponsored by the American Kennel Club or any other dog sport club. If you choose to use any training techniques discussed on our show, you are doing so at your own risk. The music you heard in the Rally Onward podcast was composed and performed by Marie Smith and was used with her permission. Thanks again for that, Marie. And thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time. Until then, rally onward. <laughs>